This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Mike Slater, Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. So let's chat about Hillary's speech. Um, I'm going to judge it based on the same rubric that we've been judging every speech these last two weeks. Um, I've been, uh, lest you think I'm a you know, partisan hack here. We've said good things and bad things about Trump's speech. We've said many good things about different speeches given on uh, the Democratic convention. Uh, but Hillary's was at best and this is the best she can hope for is forgettable at best it did not convince anyone and this is at best i don't think this is even true but at best it didn't convince anyone to not vote for her but i'll be more honest here i think it was terrible enough that it turned a lot of people off but there's no way it convinced people to vote for her there's no way there was anyone on the fence or certainly against her, who was like, oh, that was great. I'm going to, like, that did not happen. And it was funny to watch afterwards. I watched every night of the convention on MSNBC just to see them fawn over her. And everyone was desperate to say something nice about it. It was really funny to watch, right? So people would say stuff like, well, it was the best I've ever seen her. Like, well, or the most comfortable I've ever seen her. That's a pity compliment. It was objectively bad. Now, this is an important qualifier that we've talked about. Uh, I talked about a couple months ago. There are skill sets that are necessary to be a good president. And there are skill sets that are necessary to be good at running for president. They used to be relatively close to each other, but now they don't resemble each other at all. The skill sets necessary to win the presidency are on the other side of the planet as the skill sets necessary to be a good president. The ability to give big speeches with soaring rhetoric in basketball arenas is a very nice skill set to have. It's all well and good. And by giving good speeches, I mean reading a teleprompter. It's not even the old school order skill set where you just used to get out there and talk. That's not, that's not the skill set here. But okay, reading a teleprompter in front of 30,000 people in a basketball arena, very good. But zero importance of being a president. So it's wildly unfair to judge a candidate for president based on a speech like this. And this applies to everyone because the whole thing is so foolish because no other people write their speeches. Earlier, we talked about Sarah Hurwitz, who's been the speechwriter for Michelle Obama for the last seven and a half years. So people are like, oh, great speech by Michelle Obama. Like she didn't write it. She just got up there and read the teleprompter. Like, yeah, she's good at reading a teleprompter. It's so weird. Like, like the country we live in. The culture we live in. What is going on? Maybe if they were giving their own thoughts that they wrote down, then there'd be some reason behind the charade, right? And we can listen. We could sit down and listen to what they really thought about certain things, but they don't even write the speeches. So what are we doing? Literally, someone is standing up there reading someone else's words off a teleprompter. What is the point of that? But 
This is the world we live in, and this is how we judge whether or not someone's going to make a good president. And this is the way it is. So if that's the way it is, a lot of people tuned in on Thursday night and saw someone who's very bad at that. Saw someone who's not good at giving a speech, and in their mind, that means they're not a good president. She's just not likable at all. And I put that on Facebook during the speech, and someone wrote back, Slater, since when did likability make a difference? Are you kidding me? Since always, like the beginning of time, that has made a difference. If you can dare, uh, may I suggest a uh, experiment? Watch her speech again, just for a few minutes, just for like two minutes, with the sound off. Watch it with the sound off. We make judgments based on body language way more than what is said. It's not even close. And we make judgments way more on how something is said than what is said. So it's it's the how it's said, like tone, and body language when saying it. The actual words are about 10% of what we judge and make decisions on. It's all about looks and tone. And Hillary fails on those two accounts. And even if she had amazing words, it'd be hard to overcome that. But then, you know, she has terrible words. The things she says are bad too. So that's on top of it. But best case scenario, if she had amazing speech, the words were amazing. The tone of how she says it and, and what she does, her body language, her posture when saying it, is literally 90%. This is true for everyone, not just her. And she's terrible at those two things. So she's bad. Now, I look at that, and I understand that giving a speech has nothing to do with being a good president. So I'm like, well, whatever. It doesn't matter. But most Americans look at that and say, wow, she's terrible at that. So she's going to be a bad president. And again, before someone calls me a right-wing hack, I got a ton of emails these last this last week saying, I'm never going to listen to you again because I complimented Michelle Obama's speech and Joe Biden's speech in different ways. As if I'm some sort of sellout for giving an honest assessment on their marketing presentations. <laughs> so I'm not below offering compliments where appropriate. But Hillary deserved none. I almost felt bad for her. I'm not even kidding. And I'll actually explain why I felt that in a second here. But she was put in a position that she couldn't win in. First of all, she followed up really great presenters, not orators. These aren't orators. These are presenters. Right This week, they were, they were really good, so she couldn't match that. And she knows she's not likable. And people booed throughout. Did you hear this? Every time the crowd chanted Hillary in awkward times, it wasn't because she said something great. It was because there were protesters who were booing or chanting WikiLeaks or No More War. So the, the crowd had to drown her out, drown them out. And that messed up her timing and her rhythm. And then she raised her voice to a new tone that's hard to listen to. Michelle Obama didn't do that. Her tone's always great. Her body language is very relaxed and comfortable. It's only Hillary who just can't do it. So anyway, I, I think I made my point. This this thing is essential to understand. People make snap judgments. When you go to a job interview, you may prepare all week to know everything there is to know about the company. It makes nearly no difference. People make judgments in less time than it takes to blink your eyes. And that's not an exaggeration. Now, I'm not saying go into an interview blind, but it's, but how you look 
is is by far the main thing that's uh that that the interviewer judges. Now it could be snap judgments on a few things. First, it's snap judgments when you enter the room. It's snap judgments on how your voice sounds. It's snap judgment on the first question you ask. I mean, it, there's a bunch of different snap judgments, but really, it's just when you first look at a person. And I'm not exaggerating. In, in 2005, there was a study. I think it was Princeton students were shown pictures of candidates in different congressional races across the country on a computer screen. And the two candidates would pop up, um, right? They're, two, they're against each other, right? And they would just flash up on the screen really fast. And the person was asked to judge who looked more competent. They just flashed up on the screen for like a second. Who looked more competent? They picked the winner 70% of the time. No, I actually lied. The pictures didn't flash on the screen for a second. They flashed on the screen for five one hundredths of a second. That's about how long it takes for a brain to make a judgment on a person. Five one hundredths of a second. So think about that. You're sitting in front of a computer screen and two pictures flash up. Two people. And you're supposed to judge who's more competent for a congressional race? Yeah, they did it with 70% accuracy. That's pretty good. Better than flipping a coin. And that's when they knew nothing else about the candidates. Another experiment, people were given five hundredths of a second to judge the trustworthiness of someone. And those rankings, whatever they whatever they rated people as their trustworthiness, after looking at it for five one hundredths of a second, you can't even stop a stopwatch in five like, boom, boom, like that's that's seven one hundredths like boom, boom, like you can't do it. The people who looked at it that quickly gave the same ratings as the people who were given an unlimited amount of time to judge the trustworthiness of someone. Meaning, the people who were given unlimited time. It only took them five one hundredths of a second. <laughs> they, they made their judgment in five one hundredths of a second. The other minute that they were staring was just whatever. It was just, <laughs> it's just nothing. It was justifying their opinion, polishing it and perfecting it and finding other reasons why they uh, believe what they already made a judgment on in five one hundredths of a second. Now, while so when people turned on the TV last night or two nights ago, they saw Hillary. That's all long it took to make a decision. I don't like her. She'd be great. That's it. Oh, but how was her speech? Doesn't matter. Now, how do you judge what decision or these people made? Well, you get a much better idea. By again, watching her speech with the sound off. Now, we're talking about Hillary Clinton. Most decisions have already been made. 40%, it's 40-40-20. It's this is the breakdown we always use. 40% of the people are Republican, will never vote for her. 40% are uh, Democrat, will vote for her no matter what. It's the 20% that people need to reach. It's the 20% that don't care, don't matter. Or excuse me, they do matter. Don't care, uh, don't pay attention. I got a tweet from someone, Stephen, who was in uh, a restaurant like on Wednesday night. And he said, Slater, I was at a restaurant, three groups of people, three groups of people I overheard complained that their shows were canceled this week because of the democratic convention. That's your 20%. So how do you reach those people? And how do you make know what staff judgment they're going to make? 
Well, that's what's going to determine the election. Mike Slater. On the Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com.